0: Hey everybody, welcome to our 10th episode of Tiger Talk for the 2021 school year. Wow, it's our 10th episode? I think we're officially podcasters and possibly famous. Whoop whoop. Oh yeah. <laughs> we're your hosts. I'm Jevon Johnson. I'm in 5th grade. I'm Carolyn. I'm in 4th grade. I'm Miller. I'm also in the 4th grade. We are E students at John Tyson Elementary School in Springdale, Arkansas. We are empowered to connect with you through this podcast thanks to East and our principal, Mrs. Polk. Today, we're talking with the president and CEO of East Initiative. Welcome, Mr. Dozier. Please tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: good morning, everyone. Thank you for having me on today. Uh, I I think you got the highlights. My name is Matt Dozier, and I'm the president and CEO of the East Initiative. I I have a... Been in education pretty much my whole life, and I used to teach school before I stumbled across this crazy thing called EAST when it was a very, very new thing, and, well, that's what I've been doing the the rest of my time.
0: That's interesting. (laughs) This is our 25th anniversary of EAST. How long have you been involved with EAST?
1: How long do you think I've been involved with EAST?
0: Uh about I'll guess ten years.
1: Well, but you'll guess ten years. The very first day I walked into a room and met Tim Stevenson was April seventh, nineteen ninety-eight. I've been involved with East for eight thousand three hundred and seventy four days. Can you believe that?
0: Wow. That's a lot.
1: It is.
0: This is our second year of East at JTE. Please tell our parents why you think East is important.
1: Well, what I would tell anybody, but especially parents of East students, is that East is important because I don't know anything else in school that does a better job to prepare you as a student to be what I call the captain of your own ship I believe that East does a, I believe that East provides opportunities for you to learn things but not just about technology or not just the things that you normally learn in school and I think it does a very good job of helping you learn a lot about yourself and your community and the things that you care about and the things that you're good at and even some of the things that you're not good at so you can get better at them in a way that isn't just you're good or you're not good at this. It allows you to grow. It allows you to work with other people and learn how the world is going to work and then go build a better
0: one. I'm really glad I have those opportunities. Why is service important in the East?
1: Well... I can tell you as a former classroom teacher that you you learn a lot more when you have to teach it to somebody than you ever thought you did when you were just having to pass the test. Service is kind of the same way. When you are doing things that matter to other people, you tend to work harder. You tend to hold yourself to a higher standard. There's nothing... There's nothing more important as you go, as you get older than learning that doing things for other people is better for you than ever doing things just for yourself. And we all live in we all live in communities that need lots of problems solved, big and small. The sooner you get on solving them, the better those communities get. Right?
0: That's cool. Why is technology an important part of EAST?
1: You know, that's a really good question. Mr. Stevenson and I used to have this uh, debate all the time. It was a friendly debate, but he always argued that you could do EAST with crayons and cardboard. And while I agreed that that was possible, I always told him I thought that the technology had a little bit more important role than most people expected. The kind of technology that, that... you're using the kinds of technology that you have available to you in East and in other parts of school are the sorts of things that the the more you the more chances you have to learn how to use them the better your opportunities are going to be. Um, it's also important because in many of our communities where we have these programs, those classrooms are some of the most sophisticated rooms in town. So there are tools in there that other people wish they could get their hands on the jobs and the sorts of things that you're going to do when you get older technology is going to be a very important part of it it always has been do you know what the most the most powerful piece of technology ever invented is no you want to guess there's not really a right answer
0: um computers maybe
1: computers. How about the graphite pencil? You realize once upon a time it was not very easy at all to be able to just take something out of your pocket and jot down a note and that led to literacy and writing and, and remembering and all those sorts of things and it did it for everybody. So, you know, technology is always driven what we do and where we go, but your opportunities to use audiovisual equipment or GIS or 3D printing and design, those are very powerful. And there's a lot of good jobs out there. And there are a lot of jobs out there that are, are not just using that technology, but that technology are things that you're going to be expected to be able to use in order to do them.
0: Yeah, I love getting to learn new technology. What's the funniest thing that has happened while you have worked at EAST?
1: Oh goodness, that's a that's a hard question. Um, I suppose if I'm thinking about it, have you ever been somewhere new? Yes. And be, or been around? Yeah. Um, have you ever had somebody uh, bring you their very favorite, treasured, special, whatever, and you were just kind of staring at it because you didn't get it or you didn't understand it? No. <laughs> so here's the situation. Are you ready? It was a long time ago. But when we when we put in the very first programs in Hawaii, we knew we couldn't train the students or the teachers to do the things that we were doing the way we were doing them here. So we came up with a different way. We got about 40 students from around the state, put them on an airplane, and flew them to a high school where they actually lived at the high school for a couple of weeks that summer and in the in in the evenings when we had lights out because they were staying in dorms some of us were on different parts of you know being a good teacher duty and we would sit outside and wait for the lights to go out because the school was on a hill on the side of a volcano but the hill the school was on a hill and um we would visit with the Hawaiian facilitators and that was a huge part of their training was talking through the things that they'd seen and done that day. Okay. So there's a setup. It's not funny yet, is it? It's about to be. Well, after a couple of weeks of eating basically the same food, and I'm just going to tell you, I there's a lot about the great state of Hawaii that I think is really amazing, but I do not understand why you eat rice at every meal. And we got to talking about the things that we were missing back home. And a friend of mine named Ron, was not, he, he got on barbecue. Oh, wish we could have some barbecue. Oh, and I was like, yeah, we could use some barbecue. Well, that got a friend of mine named Mr. Sakamoto and a friend of mine may, named Mr. Callis, who they were like, oh, you know, what we should. Do? And I don't know what they started we're talking about. But the next night, as we're sitting there on night duty, they rang out this little cooler because somebody would run into town and they opened it up and they start bringing out these little plastic tubs. Now it's dark and we can't see real well, okay? You with me? Yes, yes. Oh, we've been looking looking forward to this. This is going to be exciting. You're going to love this. I said, what is it? He said, it's taco. I said, we're eating tacos. He said, no, it's taco. I'm like, what's a taco? He goes, it's sushi. I'm like, oh. Now keep in mind, I'm just, I'm, I'm just a guy from near Little Rock, right? At that time, sushi was not only kind of fancy, but it was also not really my favorite thing. And I don't like cold rice. Fortunately, there was no rice involved because what they brought out had come out of the bay that morning. And I think we would call it bait. Because what taco is, it's, I, I don't know if it's octopus or squid or what it is, but basically they just cut it up into little pieces and stuff it, and they're like, here you go. Well, if you grow up there, if you grow up with those sorts of things that you're eating, it's really, really good, right? Yes. yes. If you don't, it's really salty and it's really chewy and it's really hard to to eat because it really doesn't taste what you're used to. And there was a friend of mine, maybe you've met him. His name is Mr. Williamson. He works at the Center for Advanced Spatial Technologies. And he is a cultural anthropologist by trade. And he had been just so excited about the work that they were doing or the work that we were all doing because we got to go places nobody, You, this wasn't a vacation, okay? Uh, my team wound up climbing up a mountain to the graveside of the first uh, educator of in, in Hawaii, his name was David Manglo, and so we had to get chanted onto the burial grounds. It was really exciting. So, M- Mr. Williamson's down at the end of this, and they passed all this stuff down, and I, I figure he's all in for a big cultural experience. Meanwhile, I'm just trying to choke down taco, and I looked down at him and I said, "What do you think?" He goes. Well, what do you think? I said it keeps I, every time I chew it, it gets bigger and he he started laughing at me and said, "Well, what do you think?" And he goes, "I'm just waiting to see what it does to you. I haven't eaten it yet. <laughs> so I'm trying very hard not to be disrespectful to our hosts, but at the same time, this is not my favorite thing. So I'm just warning you if they ever uh, if they ever offer you tacos in the in the South Pacific, ask them if there's shells and cheese involved, okay
0: Okay. Okay.
1: okay. <laughs> what is the hardest part about being the CEO of East? Well, that's that's a tough question. Maybe that's the hardest part. Um really a lot of a lot of the work that I do is is it's good work. I think if I'm going to have to say that something is the hardest, it's balancing I mean, again, I, I used to be a classroom teacher. I started an East program in my school. I was able to do that until this thing we call EES started getting bigger than we could do and teach and take care of our families and and all of those other things. And so when we we started here, we're a little organization, only a little bit about uh, about twenty four people, and. There are 260 programs and there's 27,000 students currently involved and there's about a quarter million alums and all the other people we work with. And so I guess the hardest part is keeping all those plates spinning, especially when the things that you would really like to spend your time doing are not always the things that need to be done.
0: We are all on the East Conference team. Since we have never been, what can we look forward to at the at East Conference?
1: I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing you've never been, but here's what I can here's what I can promise you. You're going to get to see a conference that nobody has ever seen before. The East team has been working very hard To invent something that as near as I can tell, nobody's seen. There's some really cool things that are going to be a part of this conference. You know, last year when all the bad stuff happened and we couldn't, we couldn't get together. We went through a, a, a we threw a little pity party around here because we were heading into our twenty fifth year. We had all these ideas and plans to celebrate it in a big way, and then all of a sudden we can't get in a room with other people, right? Yes. Well, you you, you get to be sad for yourself for just a little bit, and then in East you gotta you gotta lace up your shoes and go go to work and, and do something better. And the team has been doing exactly that. We are going to bring you into a virtual conference that is not going to be like a Zoom call. It is not going to be like um, what a lot of people see. There's going to be all the elements that we're used to, which are, you know, educational sessions and some of the group sessions. This year, we've got a magician. How do you do magic over the computer? I don't know. I wanted him to hire his dog because he apparently his dog was really good at magic. He's an abracadoodle. (laughs) No, there you go. Thank you. But, um, we're also, and this is what you, your parents and your, everybody you know, everybody can come to East Conference this year because if you, if you beam in, if you, if you go over to the website, we have something that we call the main stage where you don't have to have registered you don't have to be it's just sending out in uh, really cool stuff videos and content some of the sessions and some of those things all the time I, I compare it to the like the ncaa basketball tournament that's getting ready to happen or the olympics where you may ha- you may have stuff on 15 different channels but there's always that one where they're sitting in, in the chalet, right? And they're, they're talking about what's, what's been going on. and Or they take you back to the studio where somebody else is kind of driving everything. And we've got that. And we're, we're sending that out to everybody. So invite everybody you know. Because they don't have to come for three days. They can come for 30 minutes. They can come for 15 minutes. They can see really neat stuff.
0: Sounds like a lot of fun. We have been working on our cheer for East Con- Con- for East Homecoming '21. Have you already made up your East cheer? If so, can you hear it?
1: I really haven't yet. Yeah. I'll tell you a secret. When we when we announced Homecoming, we were thinking of it less like uh, your traditional school Homecoming week and more like the older coming home that you would get for communities and for families. And so I'm I'm trying to figure out exactly which, which set of pom-poms I need to get out for the pep rallies, if that makes sense.
0: If you were not the king of East, what would you be?
1: <laughs> I'm not sure I'm the king of East, but... Um, if I couldn't do this, and you have to understand, when you find, when you find your, your purpose, it's good to do that. And when somebody offers you your dream job, take it, okay? That's my vocational advice for the day. I will say, if, if I weren't doing this, um, I very much enjoy Writing. I had the opportunity a few years ago to work with uh, a friend from college who said, I've got a, I've got a manuscript and I think there might be something in it. And I read it about 18 or 19 times as our managing editor. And we got that day gum thing published and it's a good book. And a lot of the parents who, um, it's about, it's about autism And a lot of the parents of some of the autistic children that I have run across have told me it's the best book they've ever read about that. And that feels good. So I think that's something I might do.
0: Our school mascot is a tiger. If you were a tiger, what sound would you make?
1: Okay. So I thought about this a little bit and I don't have a good tiger roar, but I'm not sure I'm a good roaring tiger anyway. But I like the way tigers purr because it's not like cats. Tigers go, and that kind of—that's when they're happy. And I will tell you, Mrs. Dozier and my kids and my BB—that's my granddaughter BB—they'll tell you I sound like that most mornings anyway.
0: In East, we are trying to spread positivity. As a matter of fact, JTE Spread Positivity Project is a 2021 East Project Competition finalist. Big shout-out to Evie, Alwina, Andrew, Godfrey, and Macy. We are so proud of your work. What is the best way you know to spread positivity, Mr. Dozier?
1: Well, first, big congratulations. Um, there are... Tens of thousands of projects that are underway right now from students all across the state and even the country. And to get into the project competition finals is a big deal. So congratulations to your team. Congratulations to your program. That is a good thing. Thank you. How to spread positivity? Yes. Yes. A why a wise person I once met said that the best way to spread Christmas cheer was singing loud for all to hear. Does that help? Yes, <laughs> yeah. any else fans? How about this these are These are three three rules that I think would be good to follow for everybody. First, be kind. I think we could use a lot more kindness if we're yes. kind to each other, even when we don't agree or even when we're not really happy with each other, but if we can still be kind, the world's a better place and better things happen. Second, absolutely. Second, be grateful. We are lucky. No matter what our challenges and no matter what the things that we wish we had or the things that we don't have, there's a, a lot to be grateful for, for each other and for the people that help us and for the people we can help, we, we should be grateful for those things. Yes. And then the last one comes from it. And that's be vocal. Tell people about it. When, when, when you, when you can say thank you, when you can be appreciative and when you're being kind, you don't tell somebody, I'm being kind to you. Instead, you're just, you say with your words what your actions are showing. Because I think that that tells us that everything's working the way it needs to.
0: Thank you for talking to us today. We enjoyed talking with you and helping our parents learn more about East.
1: I do too. Check out eastconference.org. Keep doing great work. And I hope once you've edited this down, you might ask me back again someday because you guys are super awesome, cool, amazing interviewers.
0: Thank you. Up next is spring break. Enjoy the sunshine, fabulous folks. We will talk to you in April. We hope you have enjoyed the 10th episode of Tiger Talk. Tiger Talk to you later. Roar. Roar!